I'm a dude. She's a dude. He's a dude. Strange Little Worlds is a dude. I'm a dude. She's a dude. She's a dude. Because we're all dudes. Let's start the episode. Hey, welcome back. I'm Danny. Hey, welcome back. And I'm still Drew. He's still Drew. And this is still Strange Strange Little Little Worlds. Worlds. And we are still... Traveling around. Well, actually, no. This time we've we've stopped traveling. We're in Connecticut, mm-hmm. and we're researching. Normally, we travel around and we research true crime and paranormal stories that happen in the strange little worlds you call your home. Hi, huh? you see, see that? What we did there. You see what we did there? And we're in Connecticut. We were in Connecticut last time. We're in Connecticut mm-hmm. this time. Next time, we're going to Rhode Island. Hi. So I don't know if we have any listeners in Rhode Island, but... We will soon. We're coming after you. Okay, Liam Neeson, come down. <laughs> I will find you. I will find you. And I will kill you. And I will find you. Why, why is it everything... Like, do you sure you don't need these cough drops instead of me? <laughs> I'm good. I don't need I'm just saying, drops, you. I, I feel like anytime you're just, you know, you're trying to sound guttural, um, it's like you're attempting to do Batman. <laughs> and I sound it's like... Strange like, <laughs> Little Worlds. Sir, Rachel. Rachel, <laughs> I hope you're listening. You know, Rachel. Okay, calm down. Okay, not every woman in the world is named Rachel. There's but a lot of other names. Ba- the, was, uh, shh, okay. go sleep. I'll just have my drink. Yep. So, Connecticut, mm-hmm. mystical land of mystery and murder and mayhem and spookiness. We're surprised at how spooky and how murdery you guys are. I just feel like America in general is just a haunted land. <laughs> Like the more we're and just full of murder and mayhem. Yeah, on it, it's just uh, can you imagine if we did Strange Little World International? It's like we're in England, not really though. <laughs> and we're just saying, I was like, the entire continent is just dipped in blood. Pretty much, I just this entire actually this entire planet's just blood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because the second humans made that, I mean, wasn't even that like dinosaurs were mauling and eating each yeah. other, cavemen yep. munching on mammoths and saber tooth tigers, and also probably the reverse way. Well, saber tooth especially. <laughs> Just back and forth. This it, this entire planet has seen nothing but carnage and mayhem. Like it's not surprising that there aren't more ghosts. And murder, I mean, come on. We've I feel like most of us are like, let's just move on to the next world. I'm done with this place. Yeah. <laughs> and then we tried we tried doing the same thing on other planets and then we find alien lives like, no. no. We are just as bad as you. <laughs> We're not adding you into the mix. Excuse us. <laughs> you know. So I feel like it it's just more and more I find out, the more and more I realize that this this strange little world of ours is more in common with our regular world than we realize. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> like the more I realize, I'm like, well, I, there's no safe place. Everywhere is fucked. <laughs> so just find one place that's a little less and call that lucky. Yeah, pretty you much. Know? Literally. And then find yourself a partner who's not so murdery and call yourself lucky. <laughs> exactly. You just, and on top of it, make sure you find a place with good mortgage rates and affordable housing because it's too. not going to be in New York. It's definitely not in Westchester or New York. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, as much as I love Westchester, grew up here and all that. Yeah, no. Like, I have noticed how much better it is to live anywhere else. Actually, Connecticut, I hear, is turning a little bit like us. Not so well. I, I feel like closer to the city area, Connecticut. Well, you know Maybe why? The rest it's of because nice. the, a lot of the New Yorkers are escape. leaving. Exactly. And then the prices are rising because it's like, oh, it's in demand now. Exactly. Well, the, the same thing happened in New Jersey. 
Dang it, Jersey. Yeah, but then you don't want to go to Connecticut. Oh, no, you don't want to go to Pennsylvania. No, Because then, you know, you want to get used to hunting day and cows. You know, I say that with all due respect, Pennsylvania. We especially, love Pennsylvania. It's especially Dunder Mifflin. <laughs> Dunder Mifflin. <laughs> you know. You had to make the reference. I had to. It's he what I do. To. He's got so no choice. So I have a quite an interesting one myself, and I imagine you do as well. I have a great uh, one. I, I know you have a great one. No uh, one dies in mine this time, so you're going to be uh, super happy. I know, but I just feel like whenever it's that, it's either I'm going to be super happy like, I'm like, okay, it's a little less, or I'm just going to be really bummed. You just find these stories. I hear them, and I'm just like, oh. Actually, I might still bum you, even though no one dies. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, here we go. It's I mean, true crime. What am I going to do? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's no there's no, there's no, such a thing as a happy – the happiest <laughs> true crime for us is that the guy – they, they catch the, the They killer. catch the guy, and he gets like but a ton of years in prison. Before we, we go on that, didn't you say one of your cases you talked about, there is recent news, right? The Gilgo Beach – Yes. I forgot to mention it last time because it totally slipped my mind. But in January, mm-hmm. they had a press conference. Okay. It, uh, the town, it was the, the chief, I believe it's because it's a new chief there mm-hmm. and a new DA. Okay. Because the old ones were slightly corrupt. Mm-hmm. And the previous chief actually it went to jail for, uh, you know, hurting some people. Hurting Great. a young man in particular, and he's actually on the list of suspects himself. Great. So, yeah. Um, so what came out at the press conference, well, it was a little um, – so it was episode two uh, for our returning listeners and our new listeners, if you want to know what I'm talking about. The Gilgo Beach serial killer. There was a press conference. It was a little lackluster, in my opinion, okay. because they didn't really come out with anything – Revolutionary, revolutionary or anything. They right. basically released a belt that okay. had t- initials on it. And depending okay. on which way you held it, it looked like an MH, an HM or a WH. Okay. To me, it looks like it's HM, but it, it's like reversible basically because the, 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 it's like a cursive pretty writing. So it, it's either way. So let me get this straight. We're creating all this hubbubaloo mm-hmm. because somebody found a belt. And no, 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 not just any belt, a belt related to this case. Did we by chance find the pants no. for the belt? Did we no. find the the body nope. that the pants were being worn on? Nope. Nope. Okay. The belt was found on a victim when they found the victims back in 2010, and they're just now releasing this belt. A. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about it. And then, so they released this. It's a leather belt. It's a it's a brown belt. Uh-huh. Um, I guess I can share a picture on our social media. Right. And then they they said that they're creating, or they already uh, released it. It's a website where you can submit tips uh-huh. for the Gilgo Beach. Like, if you have any information, you can anonymously submit it online instead of, like, calling a number. Right. Um, within like the first, when they made the press conference and then that same day, the, the website had so much traffic that it, it actually went down, <laughs> but it's up now. And then they said, what did they say? That's pretty much it. That's pretty much all they said. Oh, and that they're going to use DNA evidence to try and identify some of the unidentified victims. I'm like, I don't know why you waited this long. You could have been doing this. You could, like, This could have been done. Like DNA has been existing in 2010 when you found these bodies. I shake my head at you. Seriously. Seriously. I'm like, I'm like so pissed off at the previous chief because like, 
They had an actual chance to probably catch the guy, but this is corrupt I mean, politics. the chance is never really gone. Right, like, but at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, but at what time, what are we going to be doing? Are you going to be leading out the, the Gilgo Beach Killer in a walker? Yeah, right. So, oh, my God, like Harvey Weinstein? Don't even. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Don't, no, no, it's, listen. When, he was walking fine before he went to trial. Tell me, tell me how that works out. All of a sudden, he's hunched over on a walker. Oh, poor me. You were walking fine, sympathy. straight up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, points. yeah. Totally. This kind, of, this kind of thing always happens. Mm-hmm. So. So that happened. That press conference was disappointing to me. Perhaps it'll put a proverbial true crime smile on your face if something actually positive happens. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yes. If they find this guy, whoo, I'm going to be so happy. I'm yeah, gonna you're like, going to report yes. that. And if it ends up being the, the previous police chief, I'm going to be like, I fucking knew it. You were, well, you were calling that. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. You, you, I remember that. And I was like, time will tell. And you're like. And I was like, I should have made a bet. <laughs> yeah, we should have. We should have made a bet. It's too late now. Yeah, We're not yeah, going to do it now. But yeah, but yeah. So that's that's the status update of that case. And I was all up on Twitter, like, who's because it was like live, and I couldn't watch it because it was you had to be like a subscriber of the channel. Yeah. And I was like, someone tell me what's happening <laughs> before it, I get like, I, like I need to know now. I don't need to wait for the you know the right. press to tell me what happened. So that happened. Deep breaths. Deep breaths. I did find out. <laughs> okay. So. How about you? Any new updates? Just, you know, surviving. More ghosts. More ghosts. More ridiculousness. It's going to be going to be Valentine's Day eventually. And I just feel like. I feel like Valentine's Day passes when we release this episode. And if it does, it does. Like The point being is. Whatever. If it did, if it didn't. I hope you all enjoyed. And if you were single, I hope you treated yourself. Yes. Because that is what you always do when you're single on Valentine's Day. <laughs> Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. <laughs> because, and it's funny because I don't really celebrate Valentine's Day. Really? I, yeah. I, I don't really believe in that because I feel like mm-hmm. every day should be Valentine's Day. You should Aww. show the same love and affection you would with uh, yeah, but your partner. I, listen, I can't always be receiving chocolates. Like, that's just not sustainable for me. (laughs) The point of loving and appreciating it, okay? Every once in a while, you can get a bag of discount candy, okay? But I just feel it's just, it's not a real holiday, you know? It's I feel like it's a made-up holiday. It's a Hallmark holiday. Consumerism. It's to sell Valentines for kids. It's to sell candy and roses. And Mm. in the end... Like, I don't know. I, I don't care if someone's like, oh, Strange Little Worlds, he is a cynic and a non-romantic. I was like, I am very much a believer. And underneath all this sarcasm beats a romantic at heart. Aww. But at the same time, you know, you're not a bad person just because you're single on Valentine's Day. You know? No, you're a terrible person for being single. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you're right. And if you have someone, you, all right, make them a really nice dinner on Valentine's Day. Get Chinese food and watch a movie. Like, you can do something together, but it's not, you know, oh, let's be super lovey-dovey the one day and then the rest of the day, and we're back to ignoring you. <laughs> like, Yeah, like, I feel like Valentine's Day is the day where you could just forgive each other for not being outlandishly in love mm-hmm. and do something that to you would To show that you're grateful. Yeah, you wouldn't normally do, like, if you don't have the time during the week to just sit back and relax and watch a movie, do it that day. Right. Just you make don't the have effort. the time to do the dinner. Yeah. Do that extra nice dinner or really get 
the good stuff. Yeah, I feel like that's that's kind of the point of Valentine's Day in my to me. Like I feel right. like you don't have to go out and buy like a dozen roses or oh. like you know go to a five star Michelin restaurant. <laughs> you don't need to do all that to show love. If you want to. Go ahead. I'm gonna, That's your prerogative. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to watch Batman Forever on Valentine's Day just so I can give a kiss from a rose. Oh, <laughs> that's kind of romantic. It's kind of romantic, but, you know. I mean, it's a little selfish. But, what I mean, what <laughs> says Valentine's Day more than Seal, you know, baby, you know, <laughs> I believe it to a kiss from a rose on the gray. Ooh. But wait, wait, wait. Wasn't that and you Batman have to, with? Yep. <laughs> Val Kilmer. You got to do it on the roof and you got to be, sh- you know, you're shirtless. Yes. That, 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 yeah. Your shirt is open and it's just billowing, you know, and you're just getting the flashbacks. But all the music video is, is just seal and the bat signal in the background, you know, la da 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 Happy Valentine's Day, everyone, to you all. And that's true, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for coming to his TED Talk. <laughs> I, I hope, if anything, that gets gets remains in this. I know you do a lot of editing. I do a lot of editing, but you know what? I'm going to keep it. It's, or if anything, that'll be one of those really entertaining sound clips. <laughs> People ask me, it's like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I always pick the most inappropriate stuff and turn it into a soundbite. Soundbite like, or a what? meme. Like we we have memes now, SLWMs. So you know, it's like you know. I think like the weirdest conversation that we've had, and I'm like, yeah, this is funny to me. So and our listeners love it because they're like, wow, you guys are really that stupid. And I'm like, yep, yeah, yep. that's how internet is made. You know, we really are that stupid, and we went to college. <laughs> yep, we did. Bless you. You're you. allergic to truth. True story. <laughs> <sighs> All right. My, so. my true crime senses are tingling. <laughs> it's time for a story. So you have a... And with that, um, I have a, a piece of shit rapist. <laughs> As he takes a sip. <laughs> That's literally what I put the title. I put the guy's name and I put parentheses, piece of shit rapist. Okay, Danny. So we're Give me some get, context. We're going to... We're gonna, Yes, I will give you plenty of context. So I really, I really had to like narrow down a lot of these stories from Connecticut because a lot of them are very, very fascinating to Mm. me. They were very interesting. Like, for example, we had the story of the murder of the Yale student, Annie Lay. Right. I could have also talked about the Cheshire murders, Mm -hmm. but I feel like. There's a lot of podcasts out there with those stories. Right. And our goal is always to shed light on things that don't usually get spoken. So usually yeah. if it's something super popular, we're yeah. going to opt not to. I mean, to. like this guy, people knew about him, but like I, I don't see too much of like right. people talking. Like, right. It's the same thing like when I was looking, um, anything that has to do with the couple, the Warrens from A Haunting in Connecticut, I was yeah. like, no. Yeah. Everybody knows who they Every, are. Everyone's talked about right. it. Like, And I feel like that's the same, like Annie Lay and the Cheshire murders. Everyone's talked about it. What else could I possibly add to right. it? Right. And you the know? only reason you would ever bring up something popular, like uh, like when you did Kitty Genovese, mm-hmm. that was to dispel a lot of the, yeah. a lot of the 
misinformation. Exactly. Fake news. <laughs> exactly. So that that's different. This is this is something that happened. Mm-hmm. It was covered, but mm-hmm. it w- didn't gain as much infamy right. as some of the other cases do. And there's something about it that it drew you to say, I want to do this story. Yeah, yeah. So, and I did like I did do Joel Rifkin, who was a serial killer in Long mm-hmm. Island, you know, the Gilgo Beach. Right. But I feel like those guys, they like Ted Bundy. Everyone knows Ted Bundy. Everybody, Joel Rifkin. Who the hell is that? Right. Ted Bundy, you can make that joke and people will know who that is. Exactly. It's like the same thing. Ed Gein. Ed Gein. Yeah. Everybody. Edmund knows. Kemper. Right. Everyone knows. All these because they've again. Our true crime fans. No. Right. Just no. And they've achieved a certain level of infamy. And almost because of their infamy, they've become celebrities. Literally. And I don't agree with that. Right. You know, (laughs) that's another thing. (laughs) And so in this case, you have this person Mm -hmm. who did something unspeakable. Yeah. Go. So I'm going to talk about, well, he was dubbed by people as the preppy rapist Alex Kelly. Okay. You may have heard of him. I think I've heard of this, but I don't really know too much. Right. Okay. Because it, like, sounds familiar. But yeah. So. Pretty sure I remember somebody called the preppy rapist. <laughs> you would recognize the name. Yeah. But it's like, ooh, I kind of don't remember what it was about. Well, mm-hmm. here we go. So Alex Kelly was the son of Melanie Reisdorf Kelly, who was a travel agent, and Joe Kelly, a plumber. Okay. He grew up in the Norriton Heights section of Darien, Connecticut. Okay. It's not that far from me. Right. I just said where we were. Oh, no. So Alex was charged with committing two rape, two, two rapes, two rapes, I can't talk, within a four-day period in Darien, Connecticut. Oh, my gosh. In 1986. Were they different people? Yes. Two oh different girls, four days within each other. Jeez. Okay. Both in Connecticut. He was charged first with the rape of a 17-year-old Stanford girl and then of a 16-year-old in Darien. Now, both victims are much older and, well, by now, right? Right. One of them was very outspoken regarding her rape, and her name is Adrienne Bach. Okay. She has since married, and her name is different, but this is how she's referred to in, like, pretty much all the news articles. So the, the one rape which he encountered Adrian, mm-hmm. lived near him, and he okay. offered her a ride home from a party. Oh, no. She initially refused because she didn't know him. But when her friends said she should go, and they knew him and they vouched for him and his character, plus he lives near you, she agreed. In her testimony, she said that he at a stop sign a few blocks from her house, turned and tried to kiss her, but she refused. Then he tried again, and she pushed him away. She should have left the car. He put the car in gear, drove past her house and down a darkened cul-de-sac, stopped, took the keys out of the ignition, and immediately swung his left leg across both her legs and grabbed her throat. From there, she describes... The whole rape, I'm not going to go Please into don't. it. And Did you read said, it, though? Oh, I, yeah. Uh, yeah. She left her, quote, left her home that night a virgin and returned home as a blood-smeared rape victim. Jeez. After he was finished, <laughs> I asked him why he did this to me. He said he didn't know. I asked him again, 
and he said he couldn't control himself. He told me if I told anyone, he was going to kill me. Great. He was later also charged with drug possession, two counts of kidnapping, but the drug charges were dropped, and Mm -hmm. you'll find out why in a second. Okay. So in addition to these two cases, so the, the rape of the other girl wasn't in testimony, and I'll tell you why later also. Okay. But this one, there was like a full trial. They had everything, That's you know, tough. laying out. Dude, the prosecute the, the defense attorney going after her, everything you think about when they try to like discredit a rape victim, he used against her. Like what? You drank? Were you drunk? Oh, you don't remember? Anything to discredit her. Anything to discredit her. The thing is, like, yes, she was at a party. Yes, she drank a little bit of beer. She was fine. And he was trying to say, like, oh, in order for to push the seat back in the car, you need to have two people. He's like, you don't remember that he you put it down. She's like, that never happened. She was she as a as a victim on the stand. She was freaking amazing. Right. Okay, she was making eye contact. She was, like, telling her whole story. She was like, I'm here. See me. Right. And this is what happened. And he's like, this was consensual. You did it. And then she slowly looks at the the attorney and he's like, and he's like, I was raped. Slow. Like, my girl, hats off to you, Adrian, because... I would not have been able to sit still. Like, I'm, I don't know how she didn't get off her seat and start choking this attorney. I swear. Well, also, like, on top <laughs> of it, it's so tough being in the same room with this person. With this rapist. Ooh, and I will. There's some more. Ooh. Yeah. Oof, one, oof. one thing at a time. Again, <laughs> one thing at a time. Follow yeah. the timeline. Yes. 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 So in addition to, to the two cases, five other women have mm-hmm. told prosecutors and an author that Alex raped them when he was a teen, but he was never charged with those with those attacks. But okay. before his trial even you know began, or it was due to begin, back all the way back in 1987, Alex fled the states and spent the next seven to eight years on the run, mostly in Europe. Okay. Law enforcement suspected that the parents had been in contact with their son and supporting him financially during his seven-year period. Okay. So just to clarify, because I want to make sure, because if I don't understand, it means our listeners might not. So he does these two unspeakable acts, these two separate women. Mm -hmm. He immediately goes to Europe shortly after. He's charged with them. A date is set, and he runs to Europe. Right. So he flees. Mm -hmm. He flees the States. He flees the States. Because he's in What you were talking about, the court thing, that happened when he had been brought back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Good. Yep. Just yeah. make sure. Yeah. So now where we are on the timeline, he has done the unspeakable. And he has been charged for it. Yes. A date has been set. He has opted to run like a scared little coward mm-hmm. to Europe where the jurisdiction does not exist. Yeah. Again, as I put up, doing a, what comes to mind, the Roman Polanski. Yeah. Which is still pretty bad. Yes. So now he's in Europe. It is suspected his parents, who I guess because they're in Connecticut, they must be well off enough. Well, I'll get into it a little right. bit. But they are suspected to be sending him money. Yes, they order... suspect that they're funding him over right. there. Okay. But they can't really prove it. And at least on one occasion, they raided the parents' house in an attempt to find evidence of his location and evidence of them assisting him. So according to interviews, well, you'll see. Okay. According to interviews with people who knew the family, the family was not like exorbitantly affluent. They were maybe middle class because, again, she's a travel agent and he's a plumber. Right. It's it's money, but not a lot of money. It's money, but it's, yeah, exactly. Then 
1995, okay. Connecticut State Police discovered photos in the parents' home of Alex and them in Europe that previous year, in 1994. Surprise, surprise. Okay. So he had spent, you know, his seven to eight years period skiing and hang gliding at expensive resorts. His parents were then, after the discovery of the photos, they were charged with obstruction of justice because you're technically harboring a criminal, but you're not harboring a criminal. You're like assisting assisting in his not being brought to justice. Right. You're, you're, you're obstructing them getting him. You're an accomplice. Basically. Once they were charged with obstruction, he surrenders in Switzerland saying that he wanted to put the accusations in front of a jury to clear his name. Why did he wait seven years to do it? Mm-hmm. So prosecutors believed instead that he knew he was finally about to be arrested. Okay. And he was extradited to the U.S. on rape and kidnapping charges. And the other counts were excluded, like the drug charges, like I mentioned before. Right. Because they were not specifically listed in the extradition treaty between the two nations. Honestly, whoever created that treaty messed up on that one because I would have totally added those drug charges too, just in case. You know, you could trap them later, but... Yeah, but drug charges, I mean, I see your point. And I do agree that should have included, but in advanced scheme of things, like the it, kidnapping yeah. and the rape. That's, that's way worse. Yeah. 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 I, I, I get it, though. I get why they would have been like, yeah, it's, mm, it's kind no. of the, the And Switzerland was also like, mm, but drug charges? Yeah, and they the, were like, but they're not in the treaty, so. Yeah, the, 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 essentially, it's the, the court equivalent of a plea bargain. Basically, yeah. yeah we'll drop this, but you still got to take the rap for this. Mm-hmm. All right. So, and they're like, okay, if you drop this, we'll we'll give them to you. Right. So now we're moving up the timeline. So, yeah. So he's he's brought back. He's out on bail. Okay. And while out on bail, he was allowed by the court to take classes at Norwalk Community College. Oh, boy. Which, why? You're just putting him in general population with whatever. Right. People who might not know what who he is. Yeah, what he's, okay. Right. What he's allegedly done at the time, right? Because it wasn't. Proven right. yet. So point being, while he's awaiting, he's back. He's in a place where he's... Around young women. Yeah. Yeah. So. Alex faced two trials in 1997. Okay. For one of the rapes. There's also like another trial, but I'll get into that. So the first trial for the, for the first rape was declared a mistrial. And the second resulted in his conviction for Adrian's rape. Okay. After an eight-hour deliberation. Is that is That, that is fast. To me, that's super fast. I mean, there's been deliberations of three hours. Okay. And but juries have been asked, why three hours? And they're like, oh, well, we decided in the first 30 minutes, but we didn't want to seem like we didn't want to get in trouble for doing it too soon. So we waited like an extra hour. Do you know what's, what's the shortest deliberation? Do you know? Oh, I have no idea. Like the record? Mm-hmm. Oh, no idea. Because if there's something in 30 minutes... <laughs> Well, I feel like a lot of times they do decide early and then they just try to like run yeah, the clock a little. You've seen it. You They they do the, the or preliminary vote. Yeah. Because there's, remember, it's they, it's courtroom drama. There's always that one person <laughs> yes. not Who's guilty. like, I don't know. Not I'm not guilty. convinced. And then, of course, if it's not unanimous, then they yeah. got to They got to, yeah, figure out why is it not unanimous exactly. Oh, God. So. Three hours. So, yeah. So three hours for that one. But this one was eight hours. Mm-hmm. He 
repeatedly said the jury to the jury, are you serious? I'm not guilty. So he'd be like, are you serious? Are you serious? I'm not guilty. I'm not guilty. People don't realize that how you how you behave in the courtroom says a lot about your character. And if you lose your cool, if you talk down, mm-hmm. if you are just in any way not the most unprofessional kind of, when that's the thing that defense attorneys and prosecution, they'll, with the questions, they'll try to rattle you. Yes. Try to get a reaction because yes. it supports their cause. Like what you said, the defense, was it the defense was doing to the, the girl? The defense attorney, yeah, yeah. He was trying to like discredit her, discredit right. her story. Put, poke holes, that's what they try to do. They poke holes to create reasonable doubt. Right. Which I get it. That's your job. Well, it's also good because again, people lie. Exactly. People do lie, but not this time. Right. Then, after he said that to the jury, he turns to his accuser, Adrian, and said, why are you doing this to me? Victim complex, anyone? So, at sentencing, in contrast to his outburst at his conviction, he apologized to her. Mm -hmm. He was sentenced to a maximum term of 20 years imprisonment to be suspended after 16 years. I don't know why. Then he went on trial for the second rape, but he pleaded no contest because this one was a stronger case because, A, it included DNA evidence, which they didn't have in the first case. Uh And the the reason why they didn't have it is because um, she she took a shower. She uh, not her fault. Not her fault at all. No. Plus the fact that he possessed the girl's underwear when he was arrested, you know, before he fled the country, her underwear was still in his possession. Yeah. How'd you get that? Yeah. And then he had the outstanding charges for fleeing (coughs) fleeing the United States. So his sentence of 10 years was to run concurrently with his prison term for the Darien rape, Adrian's rape. Which that was sentenced to an additional 10 years. So that's how he got the 20 years imprisonment. Okay. He got 10 for one, 10 for the other. So in 2005, mm-hmm. after having served eight years of his 10-year sentence, okay. Alex appeared before a Connecticut parole board and his bid for release was rejected. Of course. At the hearing, he had apologized many times saying he was hyper-competitive and self-centered and that he was finally realizing that the world is bigger than him. (laughs) The face Drew has right now. (laughs) This was his bid for parole. Oh, the world is so much bigger than me. I'm so sorry. Like what, dude? You can go back to your cell now. Thank you. But two years later in 2007, Alex was released from prison on good behavior because, you know, you can't rape women in an all-male prison. So good behavior. He was required to serve 10 years probation, though, Uh perform 200 hours of community service and pay a $10,000 fine, which I'm sure apparently they could afford it because. And they they didn't have him register as a sex offender? And register with the Connecticut Sex Offender Registry. Good. Yes. So Alex has claimed that while in prison, he earned a bachelor's degree in economics and third world development, which sounds like a totally made up thing to me. But I guess you can do earn a degree in whatever you want these days. Alex then worked for six years until 2014 as a skydiving instructor in Ellington, Connecticut. Okay. Now, here's a story about this. 
Kelly Jeff of the Daily Beast actually went skydiving. Mm-hmm. She wrote about it because she recognized him. Oh God! In during their like the instruction part, she recognized him after she noticed the ankle monitor. She didn't realize it was him. So she's like there with a bunch of friends. Mm. She's a writer, right? And she's going f- to go skydiving with a bunch of friends doing fun stuff. And she's like, I recognize this guy. And she's telling her friends, I recognize this guy. And then she sees the ankle monitor. She notices the other staff refer to him as Alex. And she's like, oh, she shit. Together. This is, yeah. She's like, this is. So I'm going to read a quote from her because... <laughs> she said, though I was completely rattled by being in close quarters with him and confided so in the tandem instructor hired to jump with me because everyone gets their own person to jump with. Right. I refused to let this rapist ruin an experience I'd waited a lifetime for. So I remained on the plane and completed my jump. Looking back, I now realize that the fear I felt being trapped in an enclosed space with a sex offender probably made it easier for me to jump out of the plane. Who wouldn't want to find the nearest exit when confronted with a sexual predator? Nicely put. (laughs) According to a 2015 Associated Press article, Alex eventually left the Connecticut parachutists due to erratic behavior that involved punching one skydiver for touching his equipment and groping a male skydiver's genitals. Then, Labor Department documents obtained by the Associated Press through a FOIA request, a Freedom of Information Act, showed that Alex had also threatened a pilot with bodily harm in an argument over use of an aircraft. I guess when you've never held a real job in your life, uh, you've never really learned how to behave in the workplace. Wow. Threatening bodily harm can get you fired. What? Oh, my God. Who knew? (laughs) Who knew it was not okay to threaten people? So on August 2015, he was reported to have purchased a Cessna 182 plane. So it's one of those, a Cessna 182, for people who might not be familiar with airplanes, because I wasn't, I had to Google what a Cessna 182 airplane was. It's one of those four-seater prop planes that you see in movies. Mm Mm-hmm. And apparently you can buy one for around like $150,000, depending if it's used or not. Like literally they had them for sale. Like I could have bought one if I wanted to. Wow. So, and he also filed paperwork starting his own businesses called Freefall Aviation LLC and Paralease LLC. As of February 2017, Alex, a certified flight instructor and the owner of Green Mountain Skydiving in Bennington, Vermont... As of May 2018, he was also the owner of and tandem skydive instructor of Berkshire Skydiving in North Adams, Massachusetts. He participated in jumps with both female and male customers. Nice. But it was reported in October 2018 that his Green Mountain skydiving had its lease with Bennington Airport terminated by the state of Vermont mm-hmm. that month over safety violations. Hmm. Alex Kelly's story ha- uh, was recounted in an episode of Dominic Dunn's court TV series, Dominic Dunn's Power, Privilege, and Justice. It was also dramatized on a television movie, Crime in Connecticut, the story of Alex Kelly, 
also known as The Return of Alex Kelly. Uh, it's a two-hour production originally broadcast in March 1999. Alex was portrayed by actor Matthew Settle. Mm. I didn't recognize his name, but I recognized his face. His notable work is Into the West, U571, okay. Band of Brothers, and Gossip Girl. Okay. If anyone knows you know, Matthew Settle, maybe you could just Google him and be like, oh, that guy. The case was also featured in an episode of A&E's Network's M- series, American Justice, also featured on ABC's new ma- news magazine show, Turning Point, whose segment title was Fugitive Son, The Hunt for Alex Kelly. Vanity Fair Confidential aired an episode entitled The Fugitive Son on January 23rd, 2017. Mm-hmm. It was the third season premiere episode broadcast on the Investigation Discovery Channel. And at the end of the episode, it was revealed that four other women had come forward during the time Kelly was on the run, saying that they had also been raped by him. His older brother, Christopher, died of a drug overdose in 1991 while Alex was on the run. And his younger brother, Russell, died in 2004 in a car accident in Yellowstone National Park while he was incarcerated. Great. I'd like to thank uh, Wikipedia, of course, as always, Encyclopedia.com, Associated Press, Hartford Courant, Lynn Tohi, Tohi, Daily Beast, Kelly Jeff, The New York Times, and The New York Post. Sounds like a winning guy, right? Mm. What a winner. Just. What a winner. Hyper competitive winner. I, there are no words. <laughs> He's free. He's free. Freaking free. Well, again, this is the, you know, mm, yeah. our justice system. I mean, system. I guess he served his time. I guess we could say that. Yeah, but the thing being is that even though he's served his time, life is essentially over, you know? Who's going to want to date someone like that? Who's going to want to hire someone? Who's going to want to bring that guy home? Like, they do horror movies that start off like that. That's true. You know? I mean, he was able to buy an airplane and start his own business, so I guess he was okay for a while until it was terminated by Vermont. But still, like, it doesn't sound like he's suffering. Not really. It doesn't sound like it's affecting him that much. Like, I mean, yeah, he's registered sex offender, but when you're dating someone, are you... I mean, I guess these days you should be. But most people don't really think to be like, oh, let me just check out, see if this guy's a sex offender. It's the kind of thing you don't really want to think about. Exactly. Like, that's not the first thing that pops into your head, especially when people are like so nice and friendly like that's not even like remotely in your in your brain in your brain to be like oh let me just make sure (laughs) this guy isn't a total wacko true story so what did you total the guy's a piece of garbage he got what he deserved (laughs) i'm really sorry for his victims they didn't deserve that Mm -mm. and it's just honestly I, i it was it's one of the rare cases that we deal with where there was a beginning a middle and an end and, yeah, it's not the ending everybody wants. But at the same time, you know, again, we can't just – we have to remember that if we if we can't be judge, jury, executioner, we can be upset and judge these people, but we can't just say, oh, off with their head. That's true. That's you true. Know, because if we do that, then then uh, we open up the interpretation. No, no, we just – we open up the interpretation of law of other things. What happens if – Somebody jaywalks. We're going to cut off their legs. That's true. You yeah. know, I'm not saying that they're the same thing, jaywalking and being a rapist. Right. But where thing. do you put the line? We, we, yeah, yeah, we have exactly. to set the line somewhere. Everyone's I, I, line is going to be different. Everyone's line is going to be different. You know, again, do I think this guy is scum? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 100%. Like, this guy is literally human garbage. If I had a daughter brought him home, I'd be like, sir, you get the hell out of this house and so don't ever touch my girl mm-hmm. again. I'll kill you. Yeah. You know, so in the end... 
he did wrong. Mm-hmm. He was getting help from mommy and daddy. Everybody Which got that. I was ups- like, why? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, but- I understand, though. Like, he probably lied to them. He yeah. was probably like, oh, I had what, sex what, with them. Now they're after me what, for my money. What parent would support something like that? But again, you know, some parents are, they're convinced what, what my little my angel, angel could exactly. do no wrong. Could do no wrong. And if he the, and if he's a really good liar, they would believe it. Yeah. But he didn't help himself <laughs> in the court. Me. You know, he, yeah, he served his time and doesn't mean that he's forgiven. That's true. And honestly, we're just spreading the word. You know, we're not trying to ruin his life, but it's like, bro, you did this thing. And I mean, I'm he sorry. Ruined his own life. Sorry. You ruined sorry. your own life the second you were preying on underage women and taking advantage of them. Well, he was also uh, a high school. Yeah, but at the same time. At the time it happened. Listen, anytime somebody does something like that, they know it's wrong. Oh, yeah. Okay. Especially when you flee like, the country. Well, here's the thing you are of the age. Like, I'm sorry. When you understand, like, excuse me, if you understand sex, understand how sex is and the proper conduct, the second you do something like that, you know 100% what you're doing. Especially when you say, if you tell anyone, I'll kill you. Uh, you know damn, damn well, well what, what you, you just did. did. Not, exactly. just, not just that, but you also damn well what you just did was wrong. Exactly. Exactly. So. P.O.S. Like I said, piece of shit. Pretty much. So I completely agree with that assessment. And thank you again. You depressed me once more. And yeah. And that was my totally unbiased and objective opinion. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. So... Tell us what you thought about that story, guys. Strangelittleworlds.com, SLW Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I hope you liked it. And we're moving on to Drew's Yeah, I was like, story. is this a mini episode? No, we're like, not a mini episode. I just I, wanted to do a little I, plug. I, I, I just wanted to plug us in there. I got confused. Do a little plug. Be like, hey, guys. She loves. There's nothing wrong with marketing ourselves. There isn't. As if we don't do enough. <laughs> so. We need to do more. All right. Now you scare the crap out of us, Drew. <sighs> okay. He's like, oh, geez. <laughs> right. No pressure. So where my story starts is again in Connecticut on the border of Monroe in Connecticut mm-hmm. at the junction of routes 111 and 25. There is a place called Gregory's Four Corners Burial Ground. There you see a grave. A grave is titled Hannah Crana, and who is the wife of a Captain Joseph Hovey. She is known by a different name. She is called the Wicked Witch of Monroe, a reputation that continues to follow her and her legends over 150 years after her death. (gasps) Now, unlike other of our accused witches of our time. Yes, I know. I can see. I'm Danny like is, so excited like, yeah. for this. <laughs> the story of Hannah Hovey, who apparently picked up the nickname Hannah Crana when she was still alive, didn't end at a horseman noose. She wasn't burned at the stake. She actually died of natural causes. Oh. She lived her life on her property, which is near Cutler's Farm Road on Monroe Village, Connecticut, dying of natural causes at the age of 77. Wow. Yep. Good for her. Exactly. So according to most accounts, her reputation as a witch did not begin until the death of her husband, who is a Captain Joseph Hovey, mm-hmm. in an event that many believed Hannah had some sort of mystical hand in doing. Oh. So the tale goes, one night, Captain Hovey went out for a walk 
And he somehow decided that walk's going to end uh, off a cliff. Oh. Resulting in yet his death. Uh-huh. Now, some people couldn't believe, no, no, no. And, you know, Joe is a good guy. Why Why would he just decide, hey, I'm just going to go for a quick walk and then, you know. Just jump right off the Yeah, tree. exactly. Just, you know, it's not an Acme cartoon. It's just, you know. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Someone die. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, you know, it's nothing funny about it. Right. So people are naturally going to. They're going to go to the worst possible conclusion. At this time, mm-hmm. people are going to do, oh, what happened? Witch. Right. So right. they believe Hannah bewitched him, oh. causing him to be so dazed and confused in his walk that he inadvertently fell to his death. Not that he could have possibly been suicidal and suicidal. extremely depressed and he just wanted to end it all. But yep. Or there could have been witch. someone could have pushed him. Yeah. Yep, you know? someone could have pushed him. He could have been walking. He tripped, fell. Mm-hmm. Could have been an accident. But no. Nope. No, nope, it's a witch. Not good old Joe, <laughs> Joe Hovey. He he didn't want to fall himself. His wife, she's a witch. She's a witch. She pulled that crap. <laughs> witch. Oh, my God. So her nickname, Hannah Crana, comes from the Scottish word crana, which means a rocky or loft place. Uh, so it's kind of like in uh, The Scarlet Letter. Branding her As, with this, yeah, the the cliff that, right, yeah. exactly. So you see, ugh. Just, so ugh. Exactly. people, man. So Hannah, why are we so garbage? Yes, it's just America. <laughs> if we weren't garbage, we wouldn't have such good stories. It's not just America; like every country's got garbage. Okay, anyway, I know <laughs> Hannah, whose behavior wasn't exactly pretty great when her husband was alive. She's a bit of a shrew. She became even worse when she became a widow. Oh. She never remarries. She lives on her property with her farm animals, usually her chickens, mm. which her property was, you know, being a witch, guarded by snakes. She also played into the part by wearing black widow garb. You know, I'm talking like. She must have hated everyone in her town and was like perfect. Yeah, it's just she, black gar, widow garb. You know, we're talking like layers that would look like when she walked, it would like. Flow. Yeah. yeah. So she committed to the part. Y'all going to call me a witch? I'm going to be, be a, a witch. witch. I'm going to be a boss bad witch, yo. <laughs> I love Hannah. She's you know? my favorite witch. Who's yeah. probably not even a real witch. Yeah, it's true. There's no hocus and pocus up here. So <laughs> She's like, whatever. F yeah, exactly. y'all, I'm a witch. So she gets along pretty well with some of her neighbors. So despite her witchiness, she's not actually a, you know, a witch person. minus the W replace it with a B. <laughs> so some... You know, she didn't get along with too well. Mm-hmm. She often insisted that her neighbors give her free food and firewood. Oh. Yes. This is their, you know, and if they didn't immediately, it was like, oh, yeah, no, totally. We got you. Right, here, here, here you go. <laughs> she would rely on her witchy reputation to threaten them. Uh, so Hannah might not be as good of a person as you were thinking. Like, oh, okay. you, you my girl. I was like, I don't know about uh, this now. Maybe not so much. So there are three legends, three or four legends that were – Examples of Hannah's power. Okay. The first one, a neighbor renowned for her baking skills made a number of pies one day. Hannah Crana came by as they were cool and said, hey, those look really good. Can I have one? Mm-hmm. And the neighbor said, sure. She gives her the smallest one. Oh. Now, Hannah's like, you know, this is nice. Thank you. But I was kind of hoping for that large pie that you have there. And Girl, you live by yourself. Yeah, exactly. So the neighbor's like, 
No, I gave you a pie. That's a pie. Like, I'm not going to give you more pie. Exactly. And Hannah's like, I feel like I'm drunk history. Drunk history, yeah, exactly. But we're not even drunk. <laughs> yeah. Hannah's just like, no, you know I'm a witch, yo. So I'm going to cast my spell, lightning bolt. Uh, I'm going to curse your family and your, and your ancestors. <laughs> right. So see, I'm coughing as I'm telling these stories. Like, you know. So she puts a spell on her and then the neighbor's pies are never as good as they are wherever again. Like, the lady can barely even cook. After this, legend number one. Legend number two. What? Hannah's property had a stream full of trout, you know, that ran right through her property that she told anybody, hey, this is my stream, my fish, nobody can come in and get this. (laughs) And some people are like, hey, that's not cool. Water and fish. This is the town stream. Yeah, this is, you got food. You're holding out on us. Like, what the fuck? Exactly. I really feel like I'm drunk history yeah. this, but it's fine. <laughs> Let me just drink some water and pretend. Pretend you're drunk historying it, but it's uh, all right. Good enough. Yeah. So this one guy, he he's like, yo, fuck that shit. I'm going to go. I'm going to fish. I'm going to catch something great. So he does. He sneaks onto our property. He puts his fishing rod in there. It's like Pokemon. You're just... Fishing, yeah, oh, chilling, fishing, yeah. and he doesn't get a magic carp. He does get a really nice trout. Ooh. But Hannah, of course, appears and is like, "What the fuck? That's my fish." Yeah, and then he's like, "Hell no! I caught it. That's my hook in its mouth, <laughs> flopping around. I'm gonna take it and make dinner." And she's all like, "Curses upon you and your fishing!" <gasps> now, in real life, most likely she was like, "Get the hell out!" Had her broom. Smack him around. Smack him around, get him off the property. <laughs> but in the lore, um, Hannah Crana, after incurring her wrath, the guy is never able to catch another fish ever again. I don't believe that, but I do believe it. <laughs> right. And in the third tale, two guys one day are just passing by, you know, ox-drawn cart. They stop, by, they stop in front of her home. Okay. So they see Hannah and they're like, we know you're a witch. So show us some magic. Like, put on a show for us, girl. Okay. And put a spell on us. Exactly. <laughs> and they're like, they're like calling around all this stuff. And she just smiles and she's like, you know what? Before you pass yonder tree, your wish shall be granted. She replies. So the guys laugh. They're like, yeah, right. You're full of shit. I'm gonna tell everybody Hannah You're Krana. Not a real witch. Yeah, exactly. More like Hannah cop cop out. A cop. <laughs> You know, <laughs> but, Hannah can't magic. Yeah, exactly. Can't, <laughs> Hannah can't hack it. So they laugh, but when they go to leave, when they get to that tree, the ox stops moving, the wheels fall off of the cart. <gasps> Cursed by the witch. Cursed by the witch. So no doubt, a lot of people made fun of Hannah. They made fun of her. They probably didn't like her. Really didn't want much. But all it would take is usually one case of misfortune. To fall on someone who made fun of her, called her all that stuff, for a story like this to blossom. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. And there was also a story about when, if you needed help, you could ask Hannah for help. And oh. of course, comes at a price. Thank you. Uh huh. A desperate farmer one time comes to her home on the hill and he's begging for help. There's been a drought for weeks, the crops are dying, his family is starving, and he's like, we need rain. I heard you're a witch. You've got 
some abilities. <laughs> Rumor has it. Rumor has it. You a witchy poo. Help me out, girl. And Hannah says, okay, I will bring you the rain, but you need to pledge your soul to me. Ooh. And the guy didn't like, you would think someone would be like, okay, let me think about this. Let me go home. <laughs> You know, let me talk to my, my wife and kids. Let me have my kids. Let me talk to my family. <laughs> let's Let, have a conversation. <laughs> let's have a conversation. Let's roast a pig. Let's sit. Let's, you know, do let's the- Let it simmer. Let's do the this time period version of, of Parcheesi. <laughs> or, you know, let's play with the toys. Let's, you know, whatever. And then let me come back. Yeah. You know, but of course, like any horror movie, when you get offered this thing, you're desperate. So your answer is yes. Oh, my God. So he throws himself on the floor and- he promises, I will give you my soul if you do this. Okay. And I don't know, maybe she, you know, claps her hands and <laughs> g- cackles. <laughs> but that very night. It, I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> You're very good at this. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So that very night. It rains. <gasps> a f- Damn. Full downpour for a couple of days. The harvest is rich and bountiful that year. Holy None were the wiser. Yep. So over the years, other such incidents demonstrating her otherworldly powers supposedly occur, solidifying her infamy and power over the locals. So you have your house is on the hill, guarded by snakes. All these stories. Mm -hmm. You know, she's basically, I will help you if you're cool with me. I will fuck up your life if, if you, you're not. If yeah. you if you try to cross my shit. Yeah. Try so, to fish in my stream. So now the question you're probably wondering, Danny, is you know we're talking of an era. Let's say we're probably fifteen, sixteen hundreds, right? Yeah. Right. I'd say yeah. right. We're that era. You know. Colonial times. Exactly. What do you think of colonial times? I'm talking about witches. You think Salem witch trials? Yeah. You think. Any kind of thing where something weird happens in history. Anytime someone's a witch, we got to burn this bitch. Burn them or throw them in the water and see if they Exactly. <laughs> so you're probably wondering, where, where's the trial? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Why isn't she like, where are the inquisitors? Where are the Puritans yeah, accusing her of devilry? Like, yeah, exactly. Yes. You yes. know, so funny enough, in a book called um, Speaking, Ill, Speaking of the Ill Dead, Jerks in Connecticut History. It's a real book now. <laughs> Hannah's neighbors did get sick of her shit and supposedly her witchcraft. And they accused her and had her arrested on charges of witchcraft and or consorting with the devil. (gasps) But Which apparently was a thing to be arrested for. But the case never goes to trial. Now, like you, let's say, there's a reason for this. (laughs) She lives at a time where, you know, Puritans are now doubting that witches should go to trial. Because the Salem witch trials and the growth of the New England towns, especially after the witch trials, New Englanders just see that whole thing as that's the government that just lost their damn mind. Yeah. You know, it's it's embarrassing how badly. I mean, you had 20 witches put to death in Massachusetts. Who were never even proven to be real. Which because of that, you saw no one was ever indicted, convicted, or executed witchcraft in New England. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they're not going to do that. They're not going to go there. We're not going to yet again kill somebody for something we have no proof of. Yeah, they're like, listen, we are a society. We need to do this right. better. And because, and the main reason the Salem witch trials happened, I didn't realize this, is that because of Puritans' practice of what is called 
mutual watch. We call it snooping. <laughs> yes, okay. yes. Or we call it being a nosy mofo. We call it being a snitch. So the idea of City on the Hill, which was the Puritans created, was vigilance by the pastors and by people to prevent one sinner from infecting everybody. If you sin, your neighbor's going to see you sinning. And it's like, oh shit, that's okay. I'm a sin. I'm gonna sin. And then the other neighbor's going to see that. And then eventually it's like- It's a, it's a sinning domino effect. Yeah, it's like a moral zombie virus. Eventually okay. everyone is infected with sin. Everyone's a sinner. Right. So the, par the parishioners who are, of course, supposed to keep the flock oh. pure, uh, we're relying on you to be the moral person. Mm -hmm. So snooping is pretty damn easy in these towns. Very Soviet of them. Indeed. So- <laughs> You know, these towns are also small, Danny. We're talking, like, this is before thousands. Usually it's 150 people. How mm. easy it is. Super easy to just be like, hey, did you hear about what happened with Frank last night? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. yep. I heard he got it in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that wasn't his wife. But I wasn't his wife. Ooh, Ooh. he know. <laughs> exactly. He going to hell. <laughs> so the, these consist of, like, 150 people crowded in these small homes around the common. People interact with each other. Word gets out. But by the 19th century, okay, the New Englanders, and this is around when this is happening. So we're in the 1800s. So my apologies. I said this 1500s, 1600s. I was referring to the past. Right. So now where we are, this is most likely 18, we're in the 1800s somewhere. Right. So by then, it's like, listen, we're more civilized now. Exactly. <laughs> the New Englanders, we're multiplying. We're moving away from town centers. You know, you can't do mutual watch in a town of a thousand people. Mm -hmm. I mean, hell, we can barely do it now. You send an email about stuff like, oh, I'm sorry, there was a drill. <laughs> Literally, yeah, exactly. You know. You send an email, it's like, why why are the lights is there a fire? No, there's a drill. Oh, we got we got an email about that? Right, yes. Exactly. <laughs> so point being is back to why that's relevant to what I'm saying. Hannah is accused, mm -hmm. arrested, her case never goes to trial. Right. She's acquitted of everything. She's allowed to just go back home. And that's where she stays for the rest of her days. Okay. So now we're going to get to her death, which there was even more legend to. Oh, my God. So. This is awesome. Right? <laughs> so Hannah had a rooster whose name was Old Boreas, who some believed was her familiar. Now, I don't know if you're familiar yeah, with. Yeah, witches have like a animal companion right. that goes with them like. Everywhere. Exactly. It's yeah. like their animal sidekick, which yeah. has a mystical power and a connection to them. Oh. Old Boreas was hers. So okay. He was known only to crow at 3 a.m., which is the time of the night that Hannah, known as the witching hour. Right. <laughs> now, he dies in around, let's say, 1859. Mm. Okay. So we have Hannah here. She's three years shy of 80. She tells a neighbor by the name of Winter that her time was near. Okay. Oh. She tells, so he sees, comes over to visit. Again, she's still cool with some people. She tells him this, and I quote, the spirits have called and it won't be, but a short time before I will be in the great beyond. I have a wish to make that must be carried out. I am not to be buried until after sundown and there must be ample bearers to carry my coffin from the house to the grave. Obey my wishes if you wish to avoid trouble and vexation. Oh. Hannah dies the next day. <gasps> Damn. Now, now, this is winter. This is winter. Oh, man. This is going to suck because they got to dig the 
winter mm-hmm. frozen. Oh god! And it's snowing. Oh man! So that's probably what really killed her. If anything, you're an old lady. You are by yourself. You are on a hill. It's freezing cold. It's the 18th century, I think, right? It's the 1800s. 1800s, yeah. There's no air conditioning. There's no heating. There's no modern things I mean, that we take for granted. I mean, there's wood if you're strong enough to carry the wood back and forth. Yeah, but the point being is yeah. you, are, you are alone and you're an elderly woman. Yeah. You are going to die. <laughs> wow, Drew. No, in this, well, it's, but yeah, yeah, in this, in this case... This, particular case yes yeah Yeah. also you don't have the support of your community behind you yeah and uh, i mean everybody thinks you're a fucking witch like you can't like i'm gonna die can i die in your room (laughs) no no you cannot right so it's apparent according to legend it was snowing pretty bad badly that day that she died so the locals decide we're not gonna follow her instructions we're gonna pull her casket across the snow in a sled but as that procession started toward the cemetery, the coffin came off of the sled and slid all the way back to her front door. So like, okay, <laughs> you know what? Take two. Take two. <laughs> so we're gonna transport it again. They chain it. Mm-hmm. Now that, we're gonna go into why they chain the coffin. In so it doesn't minute. slide off. Well, yes, but there are other reasons too. Oh, okay. They chain it. And they even have people sit on top of it because they're like, okay, well, more weight, nothing to slide off of. So they're moving toward the cemetery. But shortly after, both the sleigh and the coffin begin to inexplicably shake, freaking everybody out. So take three. (laughs) They've decided. They're trying to avoid it so hard. Yeah. They have decided, you know what? This is her doing shit from beyond the grave. She's literally not even dead, like dead 24 hours. Like we're going to follow her instructions. They carry her to the graveyard. Okay. After much struggling, because they got to dig the grave, all that crap, they eventually get her from, her from home to the grave, buried and everything. But the sun has already set. So remember she said before sundown. Oh, no. Yep. So. Well, they wasted all that freaking time. According to one legend, as her coffin was being carried over the ice, it actually slid down the hill and into the grave by itself. So, I don't know. Either way, that's pretty creepy. Happy to be finally rid of her, they returned to Hannah's home, only to find it completely engulfed in flames. (gasps) The fire was too advanced to extinguish, so the house burned to the ground, smoldering for several weeks. Supposedly, even today, strange wails and moans are heard around the site near sundown. Now, as you would ask me, where is the ghost? So before we get into the ghost story surrounding Hannah Craven. Girl, her life was already spooky enough. We don't need to go to a ghost, but all right, let's do this. Right. So so going around the life of Hannah Crana, we have to go. We have to address a few things. As we said, the kinetic winter can easily cause the death of a woman. Literally. Especially yeah. an elderly woman. Yeah. And since her headstone, which apparently might be a replica mm. of the same place that stands at the Gregory Four Corners burial ground, lists 1859, 60 for her death. She probably died alone over the winter and was not discovered till the spring, Ooh. which when she would have been buried. Okay. So these are, again... The legends are cool, but these are maybe what really happened. Right. Usually, a witch's coffin is unnaturally heavy. 
Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps because of, as my research said, perhaps because of all their accumulated sin. <laughs> um, it was also chained to prevent the devil from stealing the body. Oh, it's a religious reason. Okay. okay. Yeah. They've, uh, there has been other lore where in the past people, it's referred to as the chained coffin. It is a thing that superstitious people did, especially with people who were supernaturally powered. Mm-hmm. They did it so dark forces couldn't inhabit the body and then use it to wreak havoc. Okay. So apparently Hannah Crana, Hobie, Hannah's real name, Hovey, was buried alongside her husband, Captain Joseph Hovey, as was the custom of the day. Mm-hmm. The Unfortunately, shortly after being buried at her wooden cross, I guess she was still identifying as a Christian, being replaced with her tombstone, somebody decided to engrave Crana into her. Into her tombstone. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now that's a little backstory there. Now you're probably wondering. Where's this ghost story? Mm-hmm. So there are still stories that you saw revolve around her today. The main, main one is that the specter of a mysterious woman will suddenly appear in the middle of Spring Hill Road, which is near where her grave and the sign to the, uh, the burial ground says, will appear in the middle of the road, causing an unfortunate driver to swerve, lose control of his, of his car, and eventually his life <gasps> as he crashes into the tombstone. Into the tombstone. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's spooky. Yep. So according to Haunted Connecticut Ghosts and Strange Phenomena of the Constitution State, which is by my favorite author, Sherry Reve, who did a lot of the haunted New York mm. research. Okay. Right. She says, and I quote, now at least once a year, a driver passing by swerves to avoid a woman in the middle of the road who he or she later learns was a ghost and crashes in the same tombstone. The town of Monroe replaces the marker almost annually. Visitors report whispering voices, laughter, photos of orbs, and a spirit that walks alongside the road, appearing suddenly and disappearing in front of passing cars. So our associates and damned Connecticut visited the site back in 2009. Mm-hmm. And... They said, and I quote, Hannah's grave was ridiculously easy to find, right on the hillside in front of the cemetery overlooking the road and bright white. If this is the original stone, it's in amazing conditions for being over 150 years. Chances are it's maybe a replica. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, it's marked Hannah Crana, as opposed to Hannah Hovey, and an early propaganda for women's rights, question mark. Again, I'm reading from what their website mm-hmm. says. So mm-hmm. from the stories recorded about her, it seems as though she was a strong-willed woman who was not to be trifled with. And apparently that went for her husband as well. We didn't see any unusual figure standing in the road or any spectral mist or apparitions, not even as much as an orb. Then again, we haven't crossed paths with Hannah, so maybe she has no business with us yet. So that's the story Pookie. of Hannah Crana. Uh, the sources are, of course, Damn CT, New England Historical Society, mm-hmm. findagrave.com, hey. newenglandghoul.wordpress.com, connecticutmag, ctpost.com, and the two authors, uh, Sherry Reve for her book, and Ray Bendicini for the book about Connecticut jerks. Jerks. <laughs> so that's the story of Hannah Crana. Hannah Crana. Which, again, even though it's like the ghost story seems to be more of an aftermath, yeah. The fact that one person could have such legend around them, right? Yeah, that I is mean, so freaking cool, right? And a little, little scary. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I just find it fascinating that that there are 
individuals like this sprinkled through American history, that yeah. there's always these these symbols of unexplained phenomena. And, you know, we label witches and, and all this other stuff. Right. And it's always so amusing that that they, I feel, are worthy celebrities that I feel serial killers have become. Right. You know, they yeah. were the first urban legends, you know. Yeah. Like the like the leather man in Westchester. Yeah. It's just so crazy. Again, they just do their thing, but yet they're remembered because they did their thing. <laughs> they did their thing a little too well. Um and their thing, you know, but I just think that's just again falls from just humanity wanting to just condemn what's different. If it's a little weird, doesn't fit in the myth. Up oh, which yeah, it's like that family but guy. Still had friends. It's like that family guy skit. Did you ever see that? Where it's the period period in society and a girl answers a math problem and she does this whole thing. It's like, look at that. A girl just solved a math problem. You know what that means? Witch! <laughs> <laughs> They're just chucking books at her. Yeah. And I was just like, that's probably more accurate that's than we rather than we yeah. You know, if it wasn't, you know, taking care of the house or making babies, yeah, was, that was it. Or maybe through time it's just become so exaggerated maybe it happened in just a few areas yeah but like because it was so outlandish for it to happen it's just become like oh it happened everywhere and i also feel like it's also it's a bit more popular now because pagan the pagan i'm sure religion or beliefs have really become a lot more mainstream Mm. you know people are very much really celebrated i mean come on look at salem has a museum that's true. That's true. You know, they celebrate that. They that's where again, you know, they make money off of that. Like yeah. they have remember they have in Salem, I think they have a statue of Bahomet, which is the goat hen like demonic god. Oh. That you can take photos with. Oh cool. Yeah. Hey. So I was just like, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> um I mean, whatever floats your boat. Pe- people people do it. People exactly. take take photos. I could be wrong, but I know that there's like a place of of significance like that. I mean, like I feel like we as a society have grown beyond like, oh, I don't understand it, therefore it's evil. We have, but I what I feel like it's interesting is I feel like we go through stages where we're either too conservative about things or then we're too liberal. And I feel like we always I, I feel like we have been very liberal for long. I I feel like we're drawing back into a somewhat conservative mindset. Oh, okay. Over the last couple of That's years. That's true. I, you, it kind of goes in stages. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like the 50s were super conservative and then the 60s. Whoa, we don't talk about that. 60s and 70s. And, 60s, 70s, like, and then the 80s, like the fun was dying and then we tried going back. And then we we were conservative for a bit. We then tried to go a bit liberal, but we're kind of like, ah, we're going to go back to conservative. <laughs> So I feel like, again, stages. Yeah. I don't think yeah. we're at a point where we're going to burn witches at the stake. No. Unless if that stake is social media, then. <laughs> that, yeah. No, we do burn people on social media. Yeah. That's, that's, and, and it's so that's funny. so mean girls with the burn book. Like, legit. True story. People are people. People make mistakes. There's no need to just. So briefly before we whatever. end. So what did you think? Uh, it was great. I love the legend of her. Yeah, I, feel, I mean the true story is probably nowhere near. Yeah, but the led like the fact that that. But the story is great. Yeah, the fact that I feel like we did what people did back in the old days is just we got to explain something magic, you know. And it's yeah. remarkable when you look at mythology how people used mythology to explain their world, 
And it was just so amazingly intricate yes. that you're like, wow, there's a lot of thought. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, this happened because this person challenged that thing and that battle created this. Like, Literally. everything was kind of was like, boy, you're good. We just have God created it all. <laughs> he just, he was just like, all right, I did this. Do what you will. Yeah. But exactly. I'm going to be watching. So don't have too much fun. <laughs> But I created you a to have some fun. A moderate amount of fun. A moderate amount of fun. You know, <laughs> it's like, I remember this one joke from before we end. is like uh, this Spider-Man comic is reading. They we were like, yeah, you know, the third Riot tried to kill Hitler. And then Spider-Man made a joke. Yeah. And then it came back to us at MTV. Like, what are we going to do? <laughs> and I was just like, wow. It all but, comes back. It all comes back. But so that's Hannah Crana. So everybody. Um, She's amazing. Yeah, she's or ama- maybe not. Or maybe we, she's we, just a yeah. regular old lady. Widow she was just who didn't a want to widow bitch. <laughs> you know, point being is everybody. Give her the largest pie. Apparently. <laughs> give her the pie and do not fish in her stream. And so that's Hannah Crana. And that's also why none of you should ever be, uh, excuse my uh, interns, no one should ever be a preppy rapist. Yes. So be better mm-hmm. and don't be so quick to accuse people of being witches or you could be cursed. You know, we've seen that in the craft. Don't ever do that ever 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 because in the end the weirdos usually end up running the show so hey hey. so thank you everybody for that and we are again strange little worlds Uh i've been practicing this so let me see if i can get it do it do it okay okay we are strange little worlds we are on apple podcast google spotify he doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to do it because he's messed it up like twice. Switcher. <laughs> One more time. Stitcher. Okay, that was a Stitches. lot. That was a lot better. That was a lot better. <laughs> Get in there. Than Twitcher. Toss <laughs> a coin to close. your Twitcher. You, you you replaced the T with an S. Now all you have to do is replace the W with a T, and then you got Stitcher. Maybe maybe in March I'll have the look of the Irish to be looking after me. <laughs> But we are all those places, including the site that I can never get right. We are also on Instagram, SLW Podcast. We're on Strange Little Worlds on our Facebook and strangelittleworlds.com for our website. We are, again, as you know, we are a weekly podcast traveling in the U.S. looking at true crime and supernatural weirdness that you didn't know about, but now you do. So you definitely are going to stay home. And leave us a rating for our iTunes listeners or Apple listeners. And leave we will us a rating read it. So we can be legit. And also, if you're not on iTunes or Apple, go to podchaser.com and leave us a rating and a review there. Exactly. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Stay well. And remember, it's never too late to be a witch, but don't get cursed. And um, enjoy your February. And we'll see you in time. Yeah. Soon, soon, and soon, soon enough. enough. Gives the mini episodes. Yeah, we'll give you some mini episodes to hold you over. Yeah, we'll, she'll make sure she gives a better ending than this. Oh wow! All right, bye. Just, bye. <laughs>